So we're going to be talking about how God's people love, how the God of love has loved us. And it's going to be great. But since we have first through fifth tonight, it's going to be more interactive. Um, and with less kids and more adults, it tends to be more boring. So we're going to try to go away from boring. And so there's going to be three times tonight that I'm going to ask you to interact with your neighbor. I know that might be uncomfortable, but that means one thing is you need a neighbor. So make sure everybody a neighbor. I see Daniel Miller's too far away from the Garvins. I can barely see that. But you're going to need a neighbor. And uh, participation is mandatory and not voluntary. Um, and just be ready. We're going to do, it's just going to be three things. You're going to have a small little performance. Don't get, don't get scared. Uh, you're going to have a trivia question. And I'm going to ask you about one of your favorites. Okay? So just those are the three things. A small performance, a trivia question. I'm going to ask you one of your favorites. And just be ready to interact with your neighbor. I have given you an advanced warning so you're ready to do it. Okay? Are we good? Is that okay? Even if it's not, I'm still going to do it. And you know that. Okay. So Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2, if you can look at it with your eyeballs, that's going to help us because we're only going to focus on these two verses and a couple verses before it in chapter 4. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So, Pastor Steve helped me in pointing out these first, these first two verses in chapter 5 really are the end of the second half of chapter 4, more than they are the start of a new chapter. So these kind of two verses bookend imitators God. We've got to go backwards to figure out what are we imitating? What does that look like? So, this is the only other time I'm going to ask, Ephesians 4.24, please Let's go and look at that together. Just back up a little bit to Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verse 24. And put on the new self, created after the likeness. Okay, I said I was only going to do three participations, but this is a warm-up. After the likeness of who? Y'all did it. Fantastic. After the likeness of God. Put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So then the things that we're going to read after that are in the likeness of God. And after we get finished with that, it'll be verse 1 of chapter 5 where it says, therefore, be imitators. So it's kind of like this little bookmark, bookends of that chunk of what are we imitating. So when you read in chapter 4, verse 25, it goes on and it says, don't lie to one another, but speak the truth. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't steal, but instead share. Use your words to build up. Don't use your words to tear down. And don't step into wrath or bitterness or anger or resentment, but instead be tenderhearted to one another, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. So we see when we look at these verses, we can see not just things that we should do, but we see that our God is one who speaks truth. Our God, instead of stealing, he was rich, but he became poor so that he could save us. We see that God speaks only to build us up, not to tear us down. We see that he's kind and slow to anger. And we see also this verse that ties directly into verse 1 of chapter 5. He's tenderhearted and loves to forgive. He's tenderhearted and he's ready, always ready to freely forgive. So the thing that we need to realize 
is that these verses in chapter four, the second half of chapter four, they're not first things that we must do. It's first a person we have to meet and get to know. They're not first things we have to do. God wants us to actually do them, to actually live them out. But first, these are things of talking about a person that we have to meet and get to know. Y'all ready for your first interaction? Okay, it's super easy. When I say ready, set, go, I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, hello, how are you doing today? But at the risk of offending Jamie Moyes, I want you to do that in a British accent. Our brother Jamie is from the UK, so I, I understand how this might feel, but Jamie, you have to do an American accent. You cannot do a British accent. That's not the point of this. So when I say ready, set, go, you simply turn to your neighbor, remember you have a neighbor, and tell them, hello, how are you doing today in a British accent? Ready, set, go. I, pro- I think that's probably plenty. I think Jamie is looking at me, says, stop them right now. Cease, desist. <laughs> I'll ask them how your American accent was. I haven't heard that before. So, okay, that was probably some level of variance of success. Probably depends on how much Peppa Pig you watch. It depends on how well you did. Okay, so there's varying success. Now, I'm going to make you do it again. Okay, same thing. Hello, how are you doing today? But I want you to do it in the accent of a person from Madagascar. Ready, set, go. That's not so, it's not, there's a lot of silence there. There's a lot of silence there. Okay, I'll put, I'll put you out of misery at the risk of offending all people from Madagascar. If anyone would listen to this, that would be, I'm sure, shocking and terrible. So the point that we look at is we're not around. We don't know what a person from Madagascar sounds like. And the, the point that we look at is how can we imitate someone we haven't met or not around very often? How can we imitate? How can we reflect? How can we respond in the same way of the person we're supposed to be imitating if we haven't met them or we haven't spent time around them? These things, our number one job is to get close to Jesus and to stay there. He said it like this, abide in me, make your home in me, get close to me, stay with me, and you will bear much fruit. That fruit will look like the fruit of love. It will look like the fruit of being tenderhearted and forgiving. It will look like the fruit of not stealing, but sharing what you have. That's the fruit of love. And Jesus says, number one job is abide. So we have someone to imitate. We have someone that we've been around, that we've spent time around. So if you spend a lot of time in the UK or you're listening to a show in the UK, it's easier to make that imitation. So the biggest thing we do is we respond by staying close and drawing near to God so we get to know what he's like. And the biggest thing is we get to receive that love that he has for us so that we can give that same love away to other people. In 1 Corinthians 13, it's a beautiful passage that Paul talks about love. He talks about love, and he says, love is patient, love is kind. Love doesn't envy or boast. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. But the first thing when we think about those verses shouldn't be, okay, I need to do all these things. 
should be, oh, what does the scripture tell us? God is love. God is love. So we can read it. God is patient. God is kind. He doesn't envy or boast. He doesn't insist on his own way. And God isn't irritable or resentful. And it goes on, it says he doesn't carry any record of wrong. What amazing thing to think that is what our God is like. But we need to recognize if our God that we know in your heart isn't patient and kind, if he's not tender-hearted and forgiving, then how can we be patient and kind? How can we be ready to forgive? So the first thing God wants to do for his people is to show us and remind us of who he is and what he's like. And then we respond in what we do from that experience of who he is. We need to be reminded that is what our God is like. It's the most important thing about us. But if that's who God is, who am I? That's another super important question. It's not just that we have as example. We read on, be imitators of God, but what's the next thing say? As beloved children. God just doesn't just give me his example. He calls me a beloved child. I'm precious to him, precious in his sight. When he sees me, he's delighted. So that's the other thing. We see who God is, but then we recognize who we are. We're his, and we're his children. And it has to work that way. Okay, y'all ready for the next one? Trivia question. They figured out the speed of love, okay? And I want you to tell your neighbor your guess on what the speed of love is. Now, it's not conceptual. This is a miles per hour. So I want an exact miles per hour. And if you get this right, Randy Schrader will give you $10. So your, your neighbor will have to vouch for you. So on Ready, Set, Go, I want you to give your neighbor a guess on the miles per hour, the speed of love. Ready, set, go. I think I've given you too much time. <clears throat> okay. The answer and the clue is in the next verse. Pastor Steve pointed out <clears throat> in the last sermon how Paul, throughout these, these chapters, these second half, he uses the word walk a lot. So the answer is three miles per hour. Does that make sense? Who got it? Randy, get that man his money. Get the man his money. Yes, I love that. Okay. There is a Japanese theologian named Kuseki Koyama, and he wrote a book he calls, called The Three Mile Per Hour God. And this is how he writes it. Love has its speed. It's a spiritual speed. Three miles an hour is the speed we walk. And therefore, the speed the love of God walks. Once we grasp that in Christ, God chooses to walk among us, it changes our whole understanding of the speed of love. Many times when we think about love, we think we want to do the big things. We want to do the, the flashy things. But love, real love, is usually a slow, sustained commitment to each other. It's to slow down long enough to have the attention to see other people and to meet them where they're at. It's how Jesus walked. 
He walked in love. He walked slow enough to see, even when he's going to the next miracle, he was there to see the person that needed healing along the way. And when we realize that's how Jesus walks with us, we recognize what God is really calling us to in the walk of love is to slow down and to love like Jesus loved. He loves us right where we're at, like he did with the people in the Gospels. Bonus trivia. Bonus. Conservative estimate of how many miles Jesus walked, recorded in the Gospels, three years of his life. Um, this is total bonus. I don't even think I have a follow-up to this, so just know this is bonus. Tell your neighbor, guess how many miles in three years that Jesus walked. Go. Ready, set, go. Conservative estimates, conservative estimates are 3,000 miles. Anybody close? Dave gets money from Randy too? All right. Caleb, yes. Great job, dude. So I know a lot of you runners run more than 3,000 miles in three years, but doesn't count. Try walking 3,000 miles in three years. Um, Jesus did that. And I think the other thing when you recognize is it, it is good it is good to have it in our heart, a desire to do big things for God. We should want that to be in our heart, a desire to do big things and to see God do amazing things through our life. But if we want him to do big things or want to do big things for God, we first must be willing to love in the small ways. We must be willing to love in that slow, sustained walk with those around us, those in our family, at home, and in our church family. But what does love look like? We know it's slowed down to love in those sustained, it's the long game, but what does it look like? We move on. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Jesus says in John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. It's self-sacrificial love. This is the love that God is calling his people to walk in. It's the love that Jesus walked in. Not just on the cross that day, and I'm excited to sing about it tonight when we're done, not just that day when he sacrificed himself on the cross, but his whole life was one of being poured out for others. His whole life from start to finish was one of being poured out for others. And this is the love that Jesus, that God calls us into. And that, even that final sacrifice on the cross forgives us of our sins and brings us into relationship with God, brings us into the family of God so that we know what the God of love is like. So we know how to love because he loves us first. There's a um, uh, pastor, Tim Keller, who recently passed away. Um, gave one of my favorite simple definitions of this self-sacrificial love. He, he twisted it just a little bit to help me. Maybe it'll help you, maybe it won't. He, he defined these two options to live our life. Is your life, your life for mine, or my life for yours? Your life for mine, or my life for yours? He goes on and he says, sin makes us operate on this principle your life for me. I'm gonna make you sacrifice for me. 
you must sacrifice your needs to serve mine. But Jesus Christ came into the world saying, my life for you, my life to serve you, my life poured out for you, I sacrifice for you. He says that those are the two ways you can live your life every single day, every hour, you decide to operate on one of those principles. And he goes on, all real love is substitutionary sacrifice. My life for yours. That's what it looks like to walk in love today. It looks like how Jesus lived his life. But remember, he loves us first. And we respond with that self-sacrificial love that he pours out on us with the same self-sacrificial love to our brothers and sisters, to our parents, to our coworkers, to our bosses, to our family in Christ. You ready for the last interactive? Turn to your neighbor and tell them one of your favorite smells. Ready, set, go. One of your favorite smells Whoever just said their wife was the right call. Okay, we're gonna do a poll because I'm like a savory guy. I know there's some sweet too. So we're gonna put we're gonna pit some against each other. All right. We're gonna go smoked meats or chocolate chip cookies baking. All right, raise your hands for smoked meats. Put them down. Chocolate chip cookies. All right, we're going to do one more. My, my personal favorite, garlic sautéing in butter. Anybody? Or cinnabon, cinnabons, cinnamon buns in the oven in the morning. All right, wait. Garlic sautéing in butter. Oh, you got to love that. All right, hands down. Cinnamon buns. Whoa, that's honestly really close. That is really, really close. All right, one more interaction. Tell your neighbor, when you smell that smell, how does it make you feel? How do you feel? Okay, okay, okay. That's enough. I'm going to read verse 2 for us one last time. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up. We talked about that self-sacrificial love. And then it says a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That word fragrant, translated sweet smelling, just sweet smelling. It's just saying that offering, that life that Jesus lived, the life that he poured out, smelled sweet to God. And it continues to smell sweet when he sees his people, his body, operating the same way that Jesus did. We have emotions because we're made in the image of God. Our emotions aren't bad things. We have emotions because God created us in his, his image. And even in chapter 4, we see how we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, our love for each other puts a smile on God's face. 
I don't think that's too trivial to put onto God, that it puts a smile onto his face. When he smells that smell, whatever you told your neighbor of how that smell made you feel, what God says is the smell that I delight in is to see my people living in love the way Jesus lived. So we're going to pray, and we're going to ask God a couple questions. And as the music team comes up, um, and after we start, we'll have prayer, um, uh, prayer at the corners. We're going to ask God a couple questions, and then we're going to worship together. But I want to be expectant that God will speak to us in these questions. Just two questions. Just two questions as we think about the sweet-smelling aroma of sacrificial love to God as we love one another in that same way, that it's sweet to God. We're going to ask him a couple questions, and then we're going to worship. But as I ask, be open for the Lord, for the Holy Spirit to put a picture in your mind, to put a word in your mind, to remind you of something. Be open to him because he loves to talk about this, what we're talking about tonight. He loves to take this deep into our heart. He loves to remind us of who he is. So if you don't mind bowing your head, closing your eyes. Father, I just want to thank you that your love went all the way for us. Jesus, I want to thank you that you sacrificed everything that we could know your love and to give that same love. So I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to just ask, Holy Spirit, will you speak to our minds? Will you give us what you want us to hear in this? When I ask this question, Father, I ask you to bring to mind what you want to bring to mind. God, will you bring to mind something recent from my life that smelled sweet to you? Holy Spirit, will you bring a moment to mind, something maybe I said or did that smelled sweet to you? It can be small, it can be really, really small, or it can be something significant. But God, will you remind me of a moment recently, something I did or said that pleased you, put a smile on your face, smelled sweet to you? question, Father, will you show me one thing I can do or say this week for someone else that would smell sweet to you? Holy Spirit, will you show me one thing, maybe small, that I could do or say for someone else this week that will put a smile on your face that would smell sweet to you? sing, and I just want to rejoice that we have the most perfect and beautiful picture of your love, Jesus, 
your life poured out for us on that cross. You humbled yourself to the point of death to welcome us in. And so you are highly exalted above every name that is named in heavens or on this earth. And Lord Jesus, everyone will say one day that you are Lord to the glory of God the Father. And thank you, Jesus, you are exalted because you were willing to be brought low for us. We didn't deserve it, we didn't earn it, yet you gave yourself for us that we would be saved. And we just wanna rejoice in that tonight. Will you help us to sing that tonight and rejoice that's who you are and then go take it out into our week and give away that same love. We are so grateful for who you are. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and stand up, let's sing together. Lost. 